Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, hi, Super Nintendos. I didn't see you there. What's going on? It's episode 672 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host, Seth Macy, here in the Techno Dungeon. But over there in the studio, we are joined by Red Valentine. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I knew exactly what you were going to do. And I still laughed anyway. 
Because you told me, you and Jada told me to do it. Oh, Jada Griffin! Hey! Also there. I am here. Uh, I didn't know what you were doing, and I saw it ahead of time. Well. You're just a wild card, Seth. Triforce of Courage. This is a three-person show today. And, of course, we're going to talk about something we have never spoken of on this show. Not even in a whisper. What? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about Switch 2. Because... It actually, no, I, I was going to say it actually looks like it's going to happen. That is a foregone conclusion. Like we knew that. <laughs> but we got the closest thing to credible information about Switch's follow-up yet. Um, it's supposed to come out when? 2024? Something like I that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's all we know about it. Anyway, moving on to the next <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, so it came out through sources. Uh, Reb, who were this was uh, VGC Video Game Chronicle. Okay, yeah, Vig Video Game Chronicle, Vigi Game Chronicles. Vigia. Um, reported that uh, they have sources that said, yeah, like 2024 uh, is when we're going to see the Switch uh, follow up, and that's kind of all we know about it. And guess what was like the biggest story ever is the Switch follow up. This thing has got gold. You just got to mention it. Just, it's like uh, go into your bedroom at night at midnight, turn off the lights, or excuse me, your bathroom, and then whisper Nintendo Switch 2 into the mirror five times, and it'll appear. So go try that one out. You can get really spooky with it. No, um, that's kind of all we know, right? <laughs> like it's going to have an LED screen instead of an OLED screen. I thought you had the article I, pulled said, up, man. I, I saw rumors that it was supposedly going to be two options for them, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like I don't know why you would pick led versus oled but well i mean because one will be 449 dollars and the other will be 399 dollars. yeah I don't, I don't know i guess maybe it's just me like even like high school college jada was like okay i want the better version i'm gonna spend the extra 50 bucks like it's just an investment on something i'm gonna use for years it just kind of makes sense this when it's that little amount. Like it's different when you're going to like actual TVs and you're like, oh, do I buy this eight hundred dollar TV that is good for now, or do I spend two thousand dollars on this TV that'll be good for the next decade? Like at that point, it makes more sense. It's like, okay, I'm gonna get this. I might get the lesser TV because you know an extra twelve hundred dollars. That's a lot of other stuff. That's a lot of groceries, rent, car notes, other stuff. Yeah, that's half a month's rent exactly uh, in San Francisco. So. <laughs> Uh, that's like uh, a third. Yeah, <laughs> it's so expensive um, out here. Seth, so the the VGC article uh, dev kits are out uh, to oh, to select right, partners. Uh, they're targeting second half yes. of twenty twenty four. The they're considering they're likely doing an LCD screen instead of an OLED. Uh, they they suggested that this would happen, so I guess it's possible. I mean, all all of this is up in the air because Nintendo loves to change its mind at the 11th hour about stuff like this all the time. Um, and then uh, they it, it will still have physical games via carts, uh, just as the Switch right. did. It seems like it's still going to be a hybrid console uh, as as the Switch was. So they're not they're not they're not pivoting to some other like wild thing like they you know have in the past. Uh, and the <laughs> the big the big thing is that they are unsure uh, if we're going to see backwards compatibility or not. Right, and that's something that I've read before on I think on like on a forum and how that the architecture for the next like generation of chips is kind of radically different than the one that's yeah. already in there. And that 
brings with it a whole host of problems because then you have to basically build an emulator to emulate or you could do uh, i think one of the consoles maybe it was a playstation 2 actually just put the playstation 1 chip yes just no that was it, the yeah. ps3 actually the original backwards compatible ones had the chips for the ps1 uh, and ps2 in the console for the original ones okay. which is part of the reason why the ps3 at launch was 650 bucks oh, or whatever right, or yeah. 600 for the first launch for the 60 gigs they had those actual chips just built into it yeah yeah also made it a big yeah. hulking monster but i love it i well, love my 60 gig i'm just like curious because uh i love the idea of backwards compatibility but i don't i don't know that i actually use it that much but is it a deal breaker for mm. you like reb is it a deal breaker if they're like hey here's the new nintendo switch it's called the nintendo uh switch it's the sweet sweet the sweet the sweet the sweet s-w-e-e-t-c-s i was just double eyes i was just double eyeing it oh i like oh oh yeah that's so much better (laughs) what did you say the switch double eyes now it makes so so much sense oh my gosh there's there's two and then like and then like the marketing like the little eyes are little people and they separate into the joy cons and it's like two people playing together all right they should just hire you whatever hey jada what do you know that you're not telling us. Uh, or I guess you just did. I just told you everything. every. I told you everything I know. That's the that was my the her uncle Switch. that works at Nintendo. My uncle that works at Nintendo in the marketing department. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the marketing That's they're so going bad. with. I, I I really hope that does happen. And then yes. it, like we can look back at this back episode and be like, Jada was right. Like, do I have yeah. an uncle at Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> like now we think you do. Now, now everybody's we, gonna think I do. Over to the news department. Bring some of those scoops on over sure, here. Sure, why not? You know. Yeah, I, that's a good scoop. <laughs> um, well, um, how how important is the switch to you to have backwards compatibility? So it's tough. So like the thing, the thing about the switch is when it came out, like backwards compatibility. I'm sorry, Wii U fans. I too was a Wii U fan. It didn't really need backwards compatibility with the Wii U because no one bought a freaking Wii U and there were no games Seven. on it. I mean, again, I love the Wii U, but be realistic the switch doesn't have that problem there's a bunch of games on the switch and people a lot of people have a switch uh Mm -hmm. i think we're gonna talk about the financials here in a minute but people keep buying them people are buying so many switches i have three and so i also have three for for nintendo it's like oh i i mean i think i might have three as well you count my partner's switches as mine my partner has a switch i have a switch and then i have an old switch that's in the garage as a ring fit adventure machine um yeah but the, so I mean, this is sort of the problem that every console maker comes. Is, it's the problem that actually the PS5 is kind of bumping up against right now, right? Mm-hmm. So like the PS4 mm. had this massive install base. Like how many PS4s did they sell? Just stupid. You're on Beyond. You know, yeah. Oh. Numbers off the top of your head. Fifty million. I want to say or something like that. Whatever it was, it was a stupid amount. They it's sold a, a lot. bunch of them. It's a lot. Uh, and so they move on to the PS5, and you know, a lot of people have bought a PS5. Many people have one. Oh, 38.1 million people have bought a P- PlayStation 5, which is pretty mind-blowing considering you couldn't. Yeah. You yes. just couldn't buy Oh, one. sorry. You said PS5. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think there's like, yeah, 30. There you go. Yeah. But not as many people have bought a PS5 at this time as bought a PS4. Correct. And it's so pacing a- close towards that, but it's not there. Right. So yes. there's a bunch of people who have PS4s who don't have PS5s who can't play games that are PS5 exclusive. And we just saw Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Sorry, I'm sorry. This is a Nintendo podcast, but Nintendo's going to run into this problem too. We just saw Jedi Survivor uh, get announced that they're doing a PS4 Xbox One version, which they were not originally planning to do. And the reason why is because they probably is because they didn't sell enough on PS5, so Xbox Series, and PC. Yeah. And they need to reach that audience that is missing from the current gen consoles. So Nintendo's about ready to run into this problem too. They're going to release this new console and they're going to have, you know, however many million of people that own switches that are not ready to upgrade yet yep and so they're going to have to do 
something. I was going to say something. To, to, uh, to, to like, continue to sell games. Because if they release games that are exclusive to this new console and people are still very happy with their Switches and are comfortable with the amount of games that they have on them and don't want to give up their libraries yet, they're going to have to release games on the old Switch too, which means they're going to have to make compromises on development for the new Switch. And it's this whole thing. Backwards compatibility doesn't magically solve that because it introduced a whole host of new problems. Mm-hmm. But... It does solve for the problem of your missing audience. I think it also, they run the risk of this next console of having a Wii U follow-up problem. Mm -hmm. Because if you look back Mm. at the Wii, that was a, like smashing success everybody bought it grandmas bought it children bought yeah, it tv smashing they, they had, i guess yeah, yeah. they had that too yes uh you know there's wheeze and ice cream trucks i don't know there probably was sun somewhere but anyways <laughs> like they run the risk of if this switch successor the switch the switch the switch of the switch. if the switch doesn't um capture that same lightning in the bottle that the switch did then they're going to run into this. They potentially run the risk of running into this Wii U problem too. Yeah, it could be the Wii U too. Maybe that's the <laughs> next problem. Oh, you want to no. be a Switch, not a Wii U too. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be a Switch. <laughs> switch. Not good. <laughs> we're doing here. This we're just making up good. words. It's okay. That I mean, all all words are made up. So it's just what it is. Everything's fake. Whoa. Video games are fake. <laughs> what? So, but yeah. So they they run the risk of doing that if they don't find a way to capitalize on that same audience that they captured with the switch because the switch came out and it's just again grandparents are buying them every kid in the house has got their own switch they came out with like the switch minis for multi-kid households i imagine was kind of the target audience for that and people who travel and want something a little smaller so like the switch is covering a lot of those grounds so like the question is, what are they doing with the switch to do this? I'm going to say it just mm. like that every time, guys. Yeah. Just letting you oh, know. I, love it. Um, I was telling the audience. <laughs> and and de- developers as well are going to be in this situation. So, like, uh-huh. I, I actually yeah. recently wrote a piece about whether or not we needed a new switch and I, a, a switch. And I know, like, audiences probably go look at that and go, oh, well, this, the switch was underpowered to begin with. So, yeah, of course we need one. But we're now, again, because we have such this, this large audience on the switch and this giant library of games on the switch there's a lot of uh mid to smaller size developers who have developed large audiences on the switch they have multiple games on it they have big communities on there they're very very excited about you know the fact that this thing exists and they have this community there uh if they release a new console which it sounds like they're going to be doing that audience like kind of resets if you're not fragmented yeah it gets fragmented and so developers are going to have to make some really hard decisions about do we do we develop on this console that is taking better advantage of uh, tools and unity and unreal uh, or are we developing for the place where our audience already is which is still being supported by nintendo presumably Mm -hmm. uh or do we take like even more development time and develop for both uh, because we've and also split. heard developers complaining about the fact that they now have to develop for Xbox One, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, PC, Nintendo Switch, and now maybe this thing. Uh, and, and those are all like com- completely different like technical specs and, and situations. So it's it's really complicated it is basically there's there's too many consoles right now it we adds, need to get rid of some of them it adds a, you know it adds a huge <laughs> it adds a huge resource strain on the studios when they're developing for multiple things and you have to account for different infrastructures on those consoles and how things work differently like it's 
it's not an easy problem to solve. And independent and double A developers are the bread and butter of a new console as well. Yes. Because when you yeah. have just released it and you only have one or two major first party titles, when the only game you have on your new console is Breath of the Wild, that's great for you. And we're all going to be playing Breath of the Wild for like 100 hours. But when those 100 hours Again. are up, yeah. we're going to be looking for something else to play. And that's where the indie yep. and third party. You got you to have in. you got to have a yeah. full eShop. That's uh, I think the first game that I had for Switch was Breath of the Wild. Obviously, yeah. mm -hmm. I think the second one was uh, Blaster Master remake. Yeah, right? mm. completely forgetting who made that. Um, but yeah, but now I I want to know. This was a great discussion, by the way. You, you two are amazing. But personally, I know personally, Rep, <laughs> how important is it to you? Rebecca Valentine, that it's backwards compatible. Um, because I have three switches in my house currently, um, it's <laughs> it's not it's not wildly important. Um, just just personally, because uh, I I just won't get rid of my switches. Basically, mm -hmm. um, I'll just I'll I'll get the new. I'm a look. I'm on a Nintendo podcast most weeks. I'm a giant. I I'm a huge Nintendo lover. If they put one good first party game on whatever thing they're releasing at launch, I'll buy it. Uh, if they, okay. I don't know if they're doing Metroid Prime Four or or that. If they put that, if that, if that game launches with the Peach game. If that Peach game is a new Nintendo, well, we're gonna is get a to Switch that game. Well, okay. The, the, if they have a, if they have one Peach on the Switch, Peach oh, on the damn. Switch. <laughs> if they have one good exclusive first party Nintendo game at launch that is from a franchise I am interested in, I, I'm sure I, I'm sure our household will buy one. Now, my partner and I both have our own Switches. I don't know if right off the bat we will immediately get our own Switches. Uh, it just depends on what's there. So yeah, it's it's more it. about the software library for me than backwards compatibility. But I would be, it would be really convenient if it was backwards compatible and I could just get rid of my switches. Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty okay. Yeah, Jada, what about you, uh, you personally? Personally, personally, uh, backwards yes. compatibility is a big thing for me. I have okay. I transitioned to full digital back in like tail end of the PS3 era. So, like, that was, like, Wii, end of the Wii, Wii U era. Like, when Wii U started popping up and doing digital downloads, like, the Wii had it, too, with their eShop and stuff. But Wii U yeah. started doing more full game kind of downloads and stuff. I started doing digital downloads for that because I'm kind of tired of having physical media clog up my home and taking up entire bookcases or shelves and stuff. I'm like, it's nice to a degree. And I still buy some physical media when it comes to, like, uber special collector's editions but it's so much nicer for me to be able to display other stuff on my walls or uh you know fake portraits. gamer fake I'm a, gamer. i am a fake gamer yes. portraits and books yeah fake i mean my ninja turtle and zelda posters just are just <laughs> not they don't scream gamer enough you're right um <laughs> but yeah no i think backwards compatible for me personally it's a big thing i really love being able to kind of dart back into my digital library and be able to pick up and play something on an instant without having to go and look for look through a shelf of things mm -hmm. obviously i still alphabetize the stuff so it's easier but you know if, if it's in another oh, room yeah. i don't sometimes i don't want to get up and go to another room just to grab a different game to play um have you especially considered alphabetizing your rooms in your house oh first room ooh. bathroom <laughs> then that leads into the kitchen, no to actually te the technically room. wouldn't the first room no be your, would certainly the first room would be your attic <laughs> 
if you've got an attic. Oh, weird. <laughs> that would be so hard. Yeah. Um, is my alphabetized house. Because then um, you go from the attic to the basement. It's so crazy. Yeah. Wait, just, this is how you all built your houses in Tears of the Kingdom. This it? is uh, exactly how you just use a send. <laughs> Boxes in order. You just use a send and, you know, just kind of revert backwards down somehow. Magically. A for a send. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's big. I think, I know there's talk of complications around backwards compatibility and it always is a complication when it comes to these newer consoles but i believe i was reading something about how nintendo is going to be leaning more into their nintendo online id and stuff as they progress down the line which is good yeah. it's smart it makes sense sony and microsoft have been very successful with their playstation ids yeah. and xbox gamer tags uh-huh. so it makes sense that nintendo should get in on that because it is it's not that that it's it, it's just convenience and we like convenience when it comes to our entertainment that is part as a big part of entertainment is being it being convenient to us yeah. if something starts to become a chore it's much more likely we're going to bounce off of it yep. and go to something else that is more enjoyable or just as enjoyable okay. with less of a slog so i'm really hoping they do that like i i for me the switch the big thing for the switch for me is we need it just need they need to up the the online infrastructure that is like the number one thing for me if they fix the online infrastructure like i will be a day one purchaser Jada wants to um, kick people's butts in online comp- i do i'm just i i just yeah. i i just can't do it with the switch's online infrastructure yeah, no, currently right. it's, right. it's it's rough good. yeah i to, to what you're saying jada i will just add that what they really i hope they do is i hope they uh keep the the sort of library of Nintendo Switch Online, like like old old games, the N sixty four game. Yes. What, what what's that stupid thing called? I always I keep wanting to call it virtual Nintendo Switch Online? virtual console. The Nintendo Switch Online, yeah. Nintendo Switch Online, yeah. That stuff. I hope I, I hope they keep they just take those games and push them somewhere else. Just I mean, I feel like I hate doing this thing every generation where yep. we all sit around and go, "Wow, I still have access to Pokemon Crystal on my Nintendo DS, which is gathering dust on a shelf somewhere. Sure would be great if I, they could just put that on the Switch. Well, sure would, sure would be great if they could just put all that on the Switch." Yeah. Ugh. No, I really hope they also take that list. I'm I I have to believe that Nintendo with their Nintendo Switch Online service that they have been forward thinking over the last I hope so. one to two years. And I'm community's gonna optimistic. be I'm optimistic as well. And the community's gonna be like Nintendo opti- Nintendo taking it being thinking ahead on that mm. stuff. No, why would they do that when they could just resell you the things over and over again? Yes. We do know Nintendo does that as well. But I have to think that they're at least trying to reduce the resource cost and time cost on them getting it prepped for their next console with it knowing yeah. them knowing yeah. that it's going to be like this new console's obviously been in R&D for at least 3 4 years and oh, yeah. over the last oh. yeah longer than that I'm sure but yeah. at least in the last 2 to 3 years we've seen them add Sega Genesis we've seen them add Super Nintendo stuff we've had Game, Game Boy, yeah. Game Boy Advance Game stuff Boy. like they're adding they've been adding more and more stuff like that so like I have to imagine by them giving us access to those newer yeah. types of uh, platforms in the Nintendo Switch Online, that they're prepping that for the next console as well. Yeah, it's also a subscription service, and before yes. so before they were selling them on an individual title basis. Yes, so exactly. they're not they're not trying to like remake money. It's just the same subscription service we're already all, all on. If you're gonna sell us this right. new console that they have confirmed, you, the thing you're remembering, I think, is when they basically said in an investor call that yeah, like the the Switch the Nintendo account thing is gonna keep going. Uh, if they're going to, basically, if you're trying to move all of those people onto your new console, 
uh, if you're telling them, yes, we're going to move you onto this new console, but the thing that you're paying for on an annual basis, the subscription service is suddenly going to like dramatically decrease in value to you because you're going to lose access to all these games. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not a really great business prospect nope. to me. Not so much. No. Uh, I'm still waiting for Donkey Kong 64. I don't want to suddenly go back with you and me games. You and I know. I want to go collect on them bananas again. I do. I, I want to be angry at the underwater controls. It's a there terribly a designed good, game. I love that game. I think game. it was a so hard good. drive article. They like ranked like the top 164 games or something. And like the entry under uh, N6 or excuse me, Donkey Kong 64 was like, everybody complains about how many bananas you get to collect, but it's like, nobody stops to think about the replayability of this game. Mm -hmm. Like you get to play the game five times. In yeah. A row, basically. So yeah, no, I shout out to hard drive, but uh, I wanted to, we're talking a little bit about Nintendo switch online. And it, I, I want to ask what is the craziest feature that's within the realm of possibility that you think is going to come to the Switch. And I, 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 I seg this from our talk of Nintendo Switch Online because I think within the realm of possibility, as crazy as it is, smell a vision. I think GameCube and, uh, and wait, what was that? It said smell a vision. Smell a vision. <laughs> yes. That's, a, it's going to be the Pikmin 5 is just all going to be about smells. Um, no, but I think that uh, for the Switch, Dreamcast and GameCube uh, on NSO. I think that'll be like mm. a big thing that they'll use to get people to make be like you'll only be able to play these on Switch with your Nintendo Switch online uh, subscription, and then you can play Dreamcast games without having to dust off the old Dreamcast. Getting access to things like uh, Power Stone on a new console would definitely draw some people in. Um, yeah. Also, two for two, getting to mention Power Stone in two podcasts this week. So, Hell shout yeah. out to my Power Stone fans. Um, they're in the comments now saying Power Stone for life, and they're using the number four <laughs> instead of writing it out. Yep. And then also, you know, that if, I can't imagine if they're going to put anything GameCube on the the Switch for that Nintendo Switch Online. We're not getting Wind Waker in its original <laughs> glory. So. No, we're supposed to be talking about what you think we're going to get. I know. Not what you know we're not going to get. <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're not trying to break hearts here. Um, do you have something, Reb? I have two. Do you want the serious one or the joke one? I want no, 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 because we, we, want the, uh, we want the craziest feature within the realm of possibility. No, both of these are. Want... Both of these satisfy okay, your criteria. Okay, well, then I want them both, and then after that, we're going to do our craziest moonshot, like it'll never happen but please oh okay okay i'll say i'll save the i'll save the other one then because i think okay anyway my answer to this is i i would like s some sort of social feature like meverse mm. okay um, yeah, yeah, yeah everybody really loved meverse i don't think they just bring meverse back wholesale uh but i do think there's a world like me sweeverse sweeverse uh i think meverse was really popular it was really <laughs> beloved uh i think everyone was a little sad when the Mies uh mm -hmm. vanished Died. uh i i think it'd be really fun to have some sort of like community features that let you kind of play around with the idea like what are your friends playing yep. uh what what activities are they doing in them can we like sending each other stickers i don't know yeah. silly stuff like that Amazing art. street pass it's a portable I, I console say, i'm really surprised that with how much they sold the switch as a handheld take it wherever you want that there was never a street pass like yeah equivalent well, added I mean, to I think it that it's very weird the technology for that you know you look at the the pokemon go plus plus mm -hmm. plus 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 i mean it's super low energy it doesn't like drain a massive amount of battery you can just walk around and if they add that to the switch yeah yeah maybe street pass comes back but reb 
What's your moonshot? Uh, my moonshot uh, would be the Netflix app. <laughs> Wait, what? The Netflix. It's literally app. there's no way to watch Netflix. No. So yeah. I, Where is Netflix? Where's they stopped sending me discs, and I want to watch my. Netflix, there's no Netflix so. on Switch. Why? Hulu's on there. YouTube is on there. YouTube is on there. What's going on? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I, that's kind of a joke, but like literally the ability like like them announcing at launch i i kind of am wondering if they're just going straight games console at this point and not really interested in putting a whole lot of other non-gaming apps on there but the fact that i can't use my switch as a an app based entertainment device but i can use my xbox for that is is a little silly you bring up interesting point though it might be we're moving away from that because you know when that sort of feature came to the xbox 360 which was like the first place you could stream netflix Mm -hmm. Uh, there was either you had to buy a Roku mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a or an Xbox 360, and those are the only ways. But now that would that eventually that became the best way was to have a console. Yeah. But now it's like it's built into TVs. It's built right into my TV, and I visit Roku City every day, <laughs> and I try City. to point out all the references. They've commercialized it though. That's a bummer. I don't think Nintendo does. Nintendo have the Twitch app on. I don't think they do. No, oh, on the know. Switch. I don't think no. they have the Twitch app, and I think the reason why we're professionals, we should know. Well, this. I, I don't no, really watch what somebody in the, the comments. The only one it links, the only thing that Switch currently links to, to my knowledge, is Twitter and Facebook. Is the only one said it oh, links. Oh yeah. no, I meant that like link. it doesn't have a Twitch app where you can watch Twitch. No, 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 I don't believe Twitch it. on your Switch. You can't. Um, Twitch. But on Twitch, they oh, don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, and the reason why I know that is because twice a year I try to watch Games Done Quick, and I have mm. to like compromise on which wh- where i'm going to watch that at basically yeah it's not on everything it's weird right like i yeah. i don't think they'll go back though I, they they were weirdly no. adamant about never putting netflix on switch i mean i guess you know like i don't know with the twitch portion of it i kind of understand because in this last like half decade of twitch we've it's evolved from like most primarily being games to like there's also now chatting and there's also hot tub streams and all this other stuff which is not exactly things that nintendo wants to put in the fingertips of kids you're right granted like no they could lock it off and have like child protections and stuff like that but we also know that's primarily on the parents to do it it's also one of the reasons we lost me versus because people were posting yes inappropriate things yep why are they gonna ruin stuff i don't know we, we'll always have well. splatoon and the drawings in splatoon though in the, in the beautiful drawings <laughs> well jada what's your moonshot like want uh, moonshot it's never gonna happen but maybe it can. moonshot i would say we get a a new uh dedicated controller that's not just like a Switch Pro controller. That is more on in line with the best controller of all time, the Wavebird. That is oh. my moonshot is us getting a new designated controller for the console Wavebird. like that. Like they still have the Joy-Con equivalent for sure. some games, sure. um, party stuff, things like that when you're getting groups together. But for their core experiences that they're going to be wanting to put on the Switch, like Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. We're gonna have like a wave bird uh, type. We're gonna have like a wave bird type uh, controller. That is my moonshot. That's good. Moonshot. Well, here's my moonshot. It's gonna have a big long cartridge port, and any 
Nintendo made cartridge of any <laughs> that would be kind will just fit in there. So you throw your NES games in there, you throw your DS games in there. Is this a is, N64 is this game. a moonshot or like a this or a Pluto shot. shot? Have you ever like, seen an N64 so, it's a Pluto cartridge so far before? Away. Seth? <laughs> it's yes, of course I have. Imagine, I have Donkey Kong 64. Imagine the Nintendo Switch, and then imagine how big it would have to be to fit an N64 cart in it. You want to okay. take that around? You want to take that to a rooftop my wine shot. party? with you yes i want to go to my rooftop wine party i want to say who wants to collect all the purple bananas let's gather around. and then you stick the rumble pack on the bottom <laughs> oh, yes. i do think it would be rad if you could play your like 3ds and ds games yeah it would yeah on, that would be Nintendo a, Switch. that's or sweet yes that would be a good moonshot i would say yeah, yeah, yeah getting more access to Which the ds and 3ds games we had ds games on wii u right or am i misremembering that there uh, no there's no. so there weren't ds games on there i don't believe okay uh, well, i could be wrong no. there, there might have been a couple that I like digitally launched that had like digital versions yeah they might have had there. like multiple versions but they also there wasn't did, a like, dedicated okay. play your ds games by doing yeah this. it was because like you remember like during the wii u era we got like smash um or 3ds smash for 3ds yeah. and smash for new nintendo 3ds yes correct oh, for the right, new nintendo right. 3ds correct the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. Yes, so many. I I miss the Game Boy Player. Y'all remember the Game Boy Player? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. attached to the GameCube. Yeah, I used to go on my Nintendo games on your GameCube. Yeah, I love that. I would take that on my Switch. I would love. Give me just an attachment to like pop in. Like that's that's what you want, Seth. You want like a like an add-on that you can slap onto the back of your Switch and just pop in whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be rad the, to play and like, some of those they could do it like the they could do like make it like a square that pops on the back and then there's different cartridge sides yeah, depending yeah. on which side you put it in like and that's which one you put it in. National uh, plug adapter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, stick whatever in there. That's great. Yeah. I love this. That's that's what we need. Hire Jada, Nintendo. Everyone yeah, hire Jada. Yeah, Jada's got some Jada. good ideas. They turned me well, down a Jada, couple times. You have so many good ideas. I want to know real quick, what do we think the the Switch launch lineup looks like what do you mm. think it's gonna be there on day one we don't need a, a host of games but actually reb i'm sorry i'm sorry jada i have to because reb already touched on this yeah. a little bit yeah reb, go for it what do you think we're gonna see day one i think metroid prime 4 is going to be yep. a launch title that is 100%. it's gonna be on switch and switch i think they're gonna have a switch yep. version and a switch version of metroid prime 4 i think people hate us so much right now I know. for <laughs> making switch no i love this i i wish that is. your nintendo switch pro had caught on uh the 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 phrasing of that back when you were before we had the oled uh you mm -hmm. were pitching to call it the the switch the switch pro i think is that what you were doing i you had, I the new Nintendo. What what was it that you pitched? You pitched a. Probably it was probably like new Nintendo Switch XL. Hyphen, this is not the end. No, we have well, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But yeah, okay. So Metroid Prime Four. Metroid Farm. I th I think the the Princess Peach. Peach game. I think I think Peach on a Switch. Peach on the Switch. I think that is a Switch exclusive, and the reason mm -hmm. why I think that is because they revealed it, but. They didn't. It's the only show game. Show anything. They didn't really show a whole lot, yeah. and it was the only game that didn't have an announced title, which could yeah. be could be leaning towards because we know how Nintendo is yeah. with their games. They like to 
the first one to two years of their games, they really like to lean into the naming convention yes. of their games around their consoles. Yeah. Remember Nintendo Dogs? Yeah. You know, the, the, the had, uh, the, yeah. Super Metroid, Super Everything. Yes, that, exactly. Uh, generation. There was super all these, Mario all these. Flavor. Yes. Yeah. Like, look at this. Look at this. Tra- we're watching the trailer right now. Like, look at this and tell me any fact about this game aside from the fact that it stars Peach. She can change outfits. Because yeah. she switches outfits. But anyway, I I think I think that's what we're looking at here. So, the, but I okay. but I don't think they have much else. I think I think that's it, and they they're chambering the rest for later. All right, all right, Jada. What about you? What do you think? What do you, what do we see? Ooh, so I mean, I'm I'm 100 on board with the Metroid Prime Four uh, yeah, cross launch because that. I mean, and that's even if it wasn't a high probability, I would still be in that camp for it because I love me some Metroid. Um, oh, yeah. I think we see. Um, a new Mario Party right off the launch, uh, near the oh. launch, um, because I think they're going to want to continue that aspect of bringing people together to play together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got another, um, not WarioWare, because that's already been announced for that one. Um, but uh, and then Animal Crossing, I think I think sure that, I don't think oh, really? I don't think I don't think, new Animal Crossing I don't think already? I don't think we get a new Animal Crossing at launch for it. I see. But I think within six to eight months of the launch, like because if they're planning for what would we say summer 2024, roughly? Yeah. November, yeah, second half. November, December, easy Animal Crossing sale for Christmas sales. That would blow up do you, they do, like a new, do you think they do a new animal crossing or do you think they do like a like an upgraded version of new horizon i think they do a new thing i think they go oh, i think yeah. i think the next animal crossing i think they saw so much success with animal crossing on the switch mm-hmm. that i think they the reason why they winded down support so early on it um is because they're like we have made so much off of this yeah. that we're going to take this and we're going to upscale it and make it bigger than it's ever been before. I think there. I think we're going to lose the island aesthetic. I think it's going to be kind of like almost like, I don't want to say a city, but like a bigger scale. I think it's going to be the bit next thing. It's going to be the biggest scale one. And I think that's part of the reason that it, they stopped. They wind down support because they wanted to start R and D on a newer, bigger, okay. better Animal Crossing. And the Switch don't, is going to be the perfect place for that. Don't talk like you're going to make my dreams come true, Jada. One. I, you know, I love Sorry, to. What Seth? I love to get people's hopes up. You can kill people in the new one. Yeah, maybe. No, no. Yeah. You turn them into statues. No. And just, then yeah. you just, you know, you get those villagers that you don't want, and then you get like yep. a. And then you can just put you, them in you, your living you, room. Exactly. I hate this. <laughs> You get yeah, I I think Metroid Prime Four. I've been saying it forever. is definitely a, a Switch launch game. I don't think mm-hmm. it's. I actually don't think it's coming to um, Nintendo Switch. But I think yeah, I think that'll be it. And I think they'll probably do like a like a Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, for sure. Oh, certainly. Because yeah. So that is all there is to talk about Switch Two. We'll never mention it again. <laughs> Just kidding. We're gonna talk about it probably. A lot in the future, but it's very exciting, and I love it when we're in like a new console generation. It's probably the most exciting time in video games, and like working in video games and following video games is when like the new consoles start to sort of trickle out, and then we get real, and then we get fake pictures of uh, prototypes, which I'm really looking forward to. To that, Rev, mm-hmm. you Super up. You Nintendo Switch, Super Nintendo Switch, Super That's Nintendo what Switch. We're That's calling right. it. That's what it was I knew called. I'd remember so eventually. Super <laughs> Nintendo Switch. 
uh, coming to homes October 11th, 2020-24. That's my birthday, by the way. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Hold him to it, right. Super Ninfrendos. It's, I think it's like a Wednesday. It's not coming out on a Wednesday. So, all right. Everyone is like not arguing. No, no, no it could. It, they could do like a Tuesday launch. Tuesday launches are pretty common. So, like, it could be like a Tuesday midnight type thing. Um, mm. Tuesday, like, night. Yeah, into Tuesday Wednesday. launch is common, but a Wednesday launch. I, don't, I think like a Tuesday. I don't actually know when my birthday I think is. like I'm, a Tuesday night into a Wednesday, like a Tuesday at midnight, I could see that happening. I'm busy on Tuesday. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I uh, go to the club. Nice. <laughs> okay, it is no secret that we here at IGN love to play games and review them, but our opinions might possibly be different than yours, maybe? I don't know. That's why IGN is setting the record straight to find out which games you think you, specifically you, are masterpieces. Whether you like their incredible graphics, innovative gameplay, or compelling story, we want to hear from you. The rules are very simple. Just log into IGN.com or the Playlist app. Then search for your favorite games and click through to the game title page. Click Rate Game, then complete each section of your review. Hit Save at the end of your review, which is critical, by the way. And voila! <laughs> and voila! <laughs> voila! 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 And voila! <laughs> you're helping create an icon. Then, depending on how well reviewed a game is it will be awarded a bronze silver or gold award red yeah what game would you pitch as fit for an icon award uh, you know i've recently been playing the mother series and i think we got to oh. give it to earthbound like okay. it's a phenomenal cult classic rpg that has in recent years become ever more mainstream especially as it's become more available and it has influenced so many games that we love while being incredible okay. as a standalone all right, Jade, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with one that I know is already on the uh, our icon list, and that's Bioshock, the original Bioshock. Oh, nice. I freaking love that game. It was very uh, just kind of game-changing at the time. Uh, it did a lot of very different things. The twist ending is still one of the best twist endings narrative-wise that we've gotten in recent years. So, uh Get out there and uh, let's let's bump Bioshock up because I think it's a silver ranking title right now. Let's get it up to gold. It deserves that. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I'm gonna say Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, the OG one for PS1. That is an iconic game, one of my favorites of all time. But for you, why don't you make your voice heard? Log into IGN.com or the Playlist app and rate your favorite games and immortalize them as icons. Then check back often to see how your favorites stack up. <laughs> This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I could watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless... 
NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want. I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who wants to talk about numbers? Huh? Rep, favorite number? <laughs> uh, uh, 47. Uh, that's a great number. Jada, favorite number? Numbers are out to get you. I'm, I'm good off of numbers. I don't know. They're just Damn, out to get that's you. That's like what... I think Prince said that about the internet. He's like, it's nothing but numbers. Don't even use it. And since then, I've been struggling with using the internet because Prince said not to. But, it's yeah. a good, good advice to number? follow from Prince. It's two. Because one is the loneliest number that you ever Boo. <laughs> It's a song. Mine was also a song that. reference. It was a Weezer song reference. Oh, so I just know. named I a random number. No, 47 is a great number. I mean, because you add four and seven together. Is it prime? I think I used to pick it in like lineups because it was prime. I think it is a prime. I think it's a prime. Why, hey, yeah. shout out to the comments. Is 47 a prime 47 number? is a prime number. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some other numbers. Tears of the kingdom has sold 18.5 million units as of june 2023 astronomical which is astonishing Pretty good. that game came out in may and it has sold more than all metroids combined and all of the uh what's another the, the xenoblade 
game, which is a bummer <laughs> for people who love those. We're sorry to the Xenoblade don't audience. Be mad. We're be, sorry. Don't be mad about it. That's just be thing. happy. That's your special... Just be happy that your cousin, one of the cousin franchises, is, is doing well and support them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to 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 be fair, like Tears of the Kingdom is the best game ever made, um, and uh, that's an inarguable fact. So it should actually have sold 185 million. It should have. <laughs> Should have an attach rate I don't like think the, that uh, many the people have switches. I've, well, switches, if you remember, there's Rev, 120 million Rev... right switches, I believe, out yep. there in the in the wild. So 185 million isn't you know a lot of people. When Breath buy of the Wild copies. came out, it there is had a lot of people a, like 110 percent attach rate mm -hmm. for the number of That's switches. True. There were more people buying that than there were Nintendo switches. That's true. So, that is pretty. I mean, exciting. I bought two, I bought two copies. I got it. I got the physical. Nobody bought it on Wii U. I got the physical collectors, and then I also have a digital version for for my my Tears of the Kingdom. So like, I'm not. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of people oh, out there who did that. One hundred percent. I did the. I actually bought three. One for the kid. One for me. And then See? I got the. But are I now. I think the difference is like they're also playing on multiple consoles and stuff. But I also, I guess, I am still not in that hundred percent attachment rate because, like I said, I have three switches and only yeah, two yeah, copies. Yeah. So, like, I guess I should have bought a third copy to help them get should've, to that yeah. that hundred and eight. I think Nintendo really needs your help, need Jada. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. They're fine. Think they're good. They're okay. Yeah. I Nintendo, let me know if you need some help. I saw I'm that. Available. That's beautiful, Seth. We're listening. I saw that uh, <laughs> Breath of the Wild also like had a surge of sales. Is that right? Did I make that up? I believe it did just right before because a lot of people were like, I want to play the one yeah. before it. Or like hit a new milestone. I, I don't know. You're, I'm not, I don't have a computer in front of me. You're the one with the computer. <laughs> He's got what? lots no, of computers. What are you doing? What are you recording on? What do you mean? He's got a camera. I'm in the next room. There's no computer in studio. there? Yeah, there's a computer in the next room. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been to the San Francisco <laughs> studio. It's a, probably a bathroom. What are you talking about? Computer He's got a bathroom. very fancy closet that anyway. keeps Seth in. Well, even more successful than <laughs> even more successful than Tears of the Kingdom, uh, 168.1 million people around the world have seen the Mario movie, mm. and the box office is now at 1.35 billion with a B. Dollars, US mm. dollars, which is astonishing. Somebody emailed to say that uh, I was, I, I should be fired for saying that it wasn't going to do so well and for saying that they didn't actually say I should be fired, mm. but uh, they were surprised that um, I was wrong. I <laughs> went a long time saying this was going to be the biggest um, animated movie of all time. And then I saw the movie and I said, no, it won't, because I don't think it's that good of a movie. And I stand by that. I think it's a lot of fun. And I had a, like, I, I would watch it again, maybe. It's out on streaming today. Feel... It's out on streaming today. Go sign up. Uh, mm -hmm. Go check out the IGN Deals article about where you can I'm probably going to watch it tonight. A... Not going to lie. I watched Guardians 3 when it dropped the other night. And okay. and I'm probably going to watch this now that it's out again. In... It's, it's cute. It's yeah. It's, it's nice. But I... I'm just going to watch it and just, it. like, just skip forward to Peaches and you just the... back and rewind and replay Peaches yeah. over and over again. Yeah. It's such a weird problem, but I think Jack Black is so much better than everyone else in this yeah. movie. And I'm not saying like everyone else was bad. No, it's like, no, I get you. Doing it, they're all, but like Jack Black, it's just he went so. There's, far there's everybody else. Everybody, I'd say everybody that was in the movie understood the homework assignment, but Jack Black went and did extra credit. Yeah, yeah is yeah. basically what it That's what it amounted to. Yeah. 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 He. What a trade. We should maintain get him on the show. I maintain that I wish I that Keegan Michael that. Key had gone harder on the Toad voice. Yes. Mm, I agree. 
Yeah. I wanted him to do this. <laughs> That's actually really good. I don't know. That was so surprising. <laughs> I love that. Oh, we somebody clip that because that goes out on Snapchat. Right? <laughs> 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 just turned into Toad. You done messed up, a Ron. <laughs> That's what I wanted. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love how you sort of had to wind up to like do that. You're like, <laughs> I think about it. Just, I decided if it, it was worth came it. Out. It was so good. Nintendo um, hire Reb. She's uh, she's gonna be your new Toad. For yeah. All the games. No, I don't think my Switch. can handle it. That's actually kind of hard. You get some lessons. They'll pay you. Uh, they'll pay you a lot learn. of money though. You know, uh, money yeah. would solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> it's, it has a, it can do that for you. But uh, speaking more of money, mm -hmm. how many copies of Mario Kart 8 do you think sold in the last quarter alone? Oh, last quarter? 10. Yeah. Ooh. Uh... 10 copies. <laughs> yep. I'm going to go like... Reb's closest so far. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go 250,000. How about 1.67 million <laughs> copies during the last Who quarter? Who doesn't have this game yet? I still don't. Well, apparently... <laughs> 1.67 million people. I told you I don't like the online infrastructure, though, and I don't have people over enough to, to warrant owning Mario Kart. Oh, okay. That's it. fair That'll enough, I suppose. But that, that brings the total Plus, to 55.46 million units. So I think the attach rate on that is like 50%. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess, yeah, it seems like, like there's still some Switch owners who don't have this yet. Yeah. I mean, I love Which Mario is... Kart, and it's great, but also, like... Everybody I know has it, so it's yeah, like, I'm never going to play this oh, at home sure. you're playing by myself. It. Yeah, you're playing I'm, it in... I'll play it at other people's places. You play it when you go to parties. Like, yeah. Everybody, you just got to make sure that somebody in your friend group, the person who hosts the parties, has a copy of this. Yeah. And, you know, chances are that one of the 10 people up on the, the rooftop wine parties we go to, yeah. they're going to have it. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just the way yeah. it is. I will say that, like, every year at Christmas when I go home and see my family, like, they, they actually just got Switches in the last, like, year and a half or so. So they didn't have Switches for the longest mm -hmm. time, but they had a Wii U. And we would bust this out on the Wii U, like, every year around Christmas. And I'd oh, play this yeah. with my siblings. So, like, it is, I mean, it really is that. Like, that kind of, you yep. don't, you're not really playing it at home on a regular basis. Yeah. But it is, like, kind of this quintessential get-together party game that is understandable by even people who have not gamed in a while because a lot of people yep. like played mario kart originally when they were growing up but played on really... the 64 yeah. or something like that they're like yeah i remember yeah. mario kart from the 64 they're not really like... gamer adults but they still like everybody functionally understands how mario kart works yep. you drive the car you throw the shell kabam yep I think I think the biggest thing that kept me from buying this is the fact that like really the old, there's no like story mode or anything like that. It's yeah. just like, hey, run through all these courses, then run through all these courses again on a higher CC, and then do it again on another higher CC. I'm like, hey, there's one more CC for you to do all these same courses again. Yeah. So like that's kind of that it's where it kind of lost me. Like I was more like I I picked up and played like Sonic All Stars Racing. Uh, because that had or sonic team racing excuse me because that one had an actual story mode it had like a mar like a super mario kind of map where you move between like spots and stuff like to choose the what race and level you wanted to do and it had like story stuff to it like it was just i think it's honestly a better kart racer than mario nope, kart wrong. i'm sorry i'm gonna fire from the show it's fine. going to I, ign jail I, it's fine Nintendo send jail. me to send me to ign jail all you want nope the the fact that it has like team mechanics where you can send items to your teammates and they like it increases like strategy and stuff like that i like, yeah. strategize in mario kart jada uh, well then you don't want to win Reb. i, I want to drive don't want to win i want to drive circles <laughs> like Moo meadows and look at the cows and so i mean well they've got they've probably got cows in sonic team racing it's been a minute since i booted it up and played it but 
I do. I yeah. Well, I don't want to preempt because a- I know we're going to talk about Smash Brothers here in a minute. But I do think yes. I'll just throw this out there. I think Mario Kart 8 is now suffering from the same problem that Smash Brothers Ultimate is suffering from, which we will discuss in a moment. That is, yeah. All right. Well, okay. you know, one thing that I found the most surprising before we move on is that uh, Switch sales increased 13.9% year over year. So they sold 3.91 million Switches. Yeah. Because uh, Tear- Tears I of the Kingdom came out. Tears yeah. of the Kingdom, and they also released special edition yeah. consoles. So. I think it's also oh. why we saw... Oh, oh yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, that Tears of the Kingdom one was huge. Yep. I think that was our like biggest selling item on uh, IGN deals. That's probably it, year. yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot I think of people... there was like one other one too that came out earlier. Didn't they do a Pokemon one over last year too? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a Pokemon theme oh, one? Yeah, they yeah. did. They did the... the, the or a bundle the, at least. Something like that. Yeah special edition yeah so pokemon and pokemon and zelda that's gonna sell you consoles yeah a lot of people who are like maybe waiting on was it was the was the zelda bundle an oled yes yeah a lot of people who are maybe waiting to bite on an oled who finally did or or people who hadn't bought a switch yet but Mm -hmm. were again waiting for the oled got that and then bought tears of the kingdom with it and then also bought breath of the wild because they didn't have a copy of that yet yep and so breath of the wild sales also go up see i bought an oled post post dread because i was like i really want that that glorious yep. look and, and they buy mario kart yep there you go yep so. all right sweet well reb speaking of mario kart he said it does it's hard to imagine where mario kart goes yes and actually sakurai talking about uh smash brothers where does smash go from here because we just got the most incredibly feature-packed or i should say like not feature-packed but just like character packed video game mm-hmm. of all time yeah with uh smash brothers ultimate so reb where does it go yeah so where does it go this is coming up because uh masahiro sakurai was talking on his kind of like series that he does about like you know he talks about a lot of things but he was talking about sort of the future of the smash franchise and i think after smash ultimate everybody was kind of like looking at sakurai and going oh my gosh like he's done so much he seems like he's mm-hmm. kind of burnt out and tired like that that man has to retire he, he looks very give, tired. give him a break like let him go to an island somewhere don't don't ask him don't what's that meme like never asking for anything ever again which i don't <laughs> i'm pretty sure is not something he actually said but like people have have made this a meme and it's very funny um but yeah like he he made a comment that uh the future he doesn't see a future for smash without him yeah like he intends to be a part of the future of smash but then that is as you said that begs the question like what is the future of smash like how do you how do you make it bigger than it currently is and i i mean i've seen a lot of conversation around this and i think i agree with the folks who say well the future is that it's not bigger the future is that it's smaller the future is Mm -hmm. that maybe you maybe you port smash ultimate to a switch Mm -hmm. uh so that people who want that massiveness can have it but maybe when you release a new smash brother maybe you pair it way back and i know people get mad about that like people i this is like my hot take pokemon opinion i think that that limiting the pokedex is good actually i think it's actually great uh that new pokemon games only have like a a couple hundred pokemon available and you can't catch like all 1000 of them because i think it's it's starting to become an accessibility issue at that point it um, is. And I don't want to get into Pokemon, but in like in the in the Smash version of that is that there's so many characters and there's so many stages and there's just so much going on in this game that it becomes like 
it, it's huge. It can't, I think if it gets any weightier, it becomes like way too, it, it, people love this game as a competitive game and they take it very seriously. And that's mm -hmm. super cool of them. And I love that it has that capacity for people, but fun functionally, this is a Mario Kart. This is a party game. Yeah. Nintendo wants to keep this as a toy. And when you add so much to it, it becomes inaccessible to people. It's too much for them to keep track of or understand or parse. And so I don't know. I disagree. I think okay. I disagree with that last point about it adding more characters, making it inaccessible for the casual party audience. Yes, it adds a lot of layers. I think that actually the more characters they add, they make it it makes it more inaccessible for tournament and kind of like more competitive side because then there's a lot more matchups and things you have to learn yeah. about. Whereas where on the more casual end, I feel the more characters you get, the more you open the audience up. So it's like, Oh my God, I love this character. They, I get to play Ooh, as this character. Now I think it opens it up to more for them. And those people who are playing it casually at holiday get togethers, they don't care about the, like which character is meta right now. Oh, I've got to play meta Knight because he is the meta. I've got to play blah, blah, blah. Because the, if I don't play this character, I lose. Like there's not, I don't think that element, that element comes into play when it comes to that casual kind of party element for it. So I do agree. I think Nintendo should pare it down. I think you're 100% correct. I think Smash Brothers Ultimate gets the Mario Kart 8 treatment when we go from Switch to Switch. Switch. I think that's how the, the avenue they go. And I think the next Smash Brothers that we get is going to uh, pare it down. And they're going to change up some of the mechanics and begin experimenting with Smash. I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to do the kind of have your cake and eat it too yeah. for the Smash audience. I think we're going to get like some type of new... Um, maybe combo system and things like that to where it's more kind of almost fighting game centric mm -hmm. potentially um or new mechanics and stuff that kind of fit into that or they do like i don't know different like uh they do smash party or something like that and it's like a mm -hmm. mario party-esque smash brothers where like it has like these other elements that you're playing through but you also still have that core smash love combat system and like, uh, yeah, and you have all those other different things you get to do in it. I think that is the future for Smash. And I think they, yes. I think I agree. I think they do pare it down. I think they probably drop it down to, this is going to sound silly, but like 36 characters paring it down to that. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like still a lot of characters. But I think if we get a Smash that has less than 36 characters at a launch, I think it's going to be, I think the fans will revolt. I think because there's right, yeah. so many. I think no matter what. Happens, oh, 100 percent, they're going to. But yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with anything you said. I do. I do think it does eventually. The number of characters and stages does eventually reach critical mass. Oh, for um, sure. In like in like casual groups, though, because again, I mean, not to just keep throwing it back to yeah. my family at Christmas, but Smash is another game that we tend mm -hmm. to, we do tend to pull out sometimes. But I know when we open the character, here's what happens: we open the character select screen. There's a bajillion characters on it. Uh, my brother's upset because I haven't unlocked the one that he likes on my copy of the game yet so we have to get we have to hand it over to imran who has all the characters unlocked but then we have this massive roster and mom and dad look at that and they're like i don't know what to do with this like who should i be? that is true i will like, say okay i guess i'll just be kirby because that's like the one that i know yeah, uh, i can and, see that as well. it's, it's a little overwhelming and i, and I don't yes, I, I don't know that Nintendo's necessarily thinking about it in those specific terms but i do know that like i don't know it 
it's just a lot at a certain it point, is. and it's kind of scary. And I also think that licensing is eventually going to bite these people in the butt because, like, they had to work so freaking. Why is Sora in this game? How did this even happen? <laughs> I think I was moving to San Francisco when they announced Sora, and I was in like this tiny hotel in Elko, Nevada, watching the reveal on a phone screen, and I was like yelling because I'd been adamant for months that they would never get Sora in Smash Brothers. <laughs> Why? Why did this happen? Uh, there's, there's no way. Like some of those licensing agreements, there's no way they can keep that up. For I don't know. I think, I think, uh, yes. Yeah, so the licensing, obviously can eventually become an issue but i think with just how much of a smashing success how much of a uh, how much of a smashing success smash has been at revitalizing franchises and giving just a, enough buzz to these characters like i think now more brands are interested in getting their time to shine in smash i could foresee yeah. that the next smash maybe goes instead of going to the triple a route for characters i think in the next smash we go they go the more smaller third party indie route where we get un more characters that was like oh i'd really love to see um what's his name from undertale as a character like sans, sans. yes they that, that's Johnny a big, undertale yeah that was a big like you know people were campaigning for sans to be in in smash um and we got like yes. outfits and stuff did, like yeah. that um yes. but i think yeah megalovania didn't we is it megalovania in there? Yes. i believe so too yeah yeah, so. yeah. that's and sick. so well but yeah you want to know here's what i think for smash for the next smash it's, it's uh nothing but sword fighters from fire <laughs> that's it make all the fans <laughs> oh, yeah. really really the, all happy, the excited but... honestly just give yes. all the fire emblem characters their own fighting game their own fighting game why and not then take them out but... of smash <laughs> Just keep Rick. Ike. Just got to keep Ike. I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. What's the question, Seth? I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Oh, okay. Reb, why did an obscure 2010 DSiWare game become the highest user-rated Nintendo game on Metacritic? Thank you so much for asking, Seth. I have no idea what could have possibly prompted this. Oh, wait, I do. It's because I wrote an article wrote it about down. this. It came to me in a dream. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I wrote an article. Uh, it's on IGN.com. You should all go read it. But uh, somebody, somebody on Reddit, like last week, wrote a post on Reddit Nintendo that was like, exactly the question that seth just asked uh it's this game called metal torrent it's like this 2010 shmup uh it was a like a free dsiware game so like if you had like dsi you got it for free but you could pay like five bucks for it get it on 3ds i think something like that like 2010 uh aggressively fine game like was getting like sixes and sevens mm -hmm. from most outlets it seemed okay uh you know whatever and we kind of forgot about it and then the leaderboards uh closed down i believe in 2014 oh wait um, is this the game i believe it is i i, oh, I played this it. i freaking love this game yeah continue <laughs> Jada's, well <laughs> anyway, mystery solved inexplicably this game if you go to metacritic and look at nintendo as a publisher so every game nintendo has ever published on metacritic the highest score user review aggregated scored game is metal torrent this thing it has like a 9.6 aggregated user score uh out of over a thousand user reviews which Dang. like look you love this game yeah great I don't know that it's better than Super Metroid. I don't know that it's better than like. It's not Pokemon Soul Silver, which I think is like the third spot. Mm -hmm. uh, a little weird. So I was trying to dig into the answer to this question, and I did like some some deep dives into the the web archives, into um like sort of the uh what's the thing called the Internet Archives, mm -hmm. um to to see like when this happened. It looks like it did not used to be on top, and then in 2020 in the summer something happened, and. 
read the article. I had a really great time investigating this, but the short answer is that like one, maybe two people managed to manipulate user scores on Metacritic uh, to bring this game all the way to the top. And for years, no one has noticed or done anything about you, it. You, you, Hacking. You weren't at the Metal Torrent tournament. Like it was, a, it was a great, it was a great uh, experience on the summer of 2021. The- well, I, when I started investigating this, that's what I hoped the answer would be. I hope the answer would, well, I really hope that I was going to yeah. stum- stumble upon like a hidden community of Metal Torrent fans who were just like really into this. Uh, Metal Torrent Con, or we call it in the uh, community Metacon. I know. I was, I was really hoping that would be the answer. The answer was actually that like, a couple people maybe were like really mad about a character in AI, the Somnium files in 2020 and decided to like mess with a bunch of metascores of games. It was a real weird uh, summer for uh, manipulating user reviews. 2020 was a weird year. <laughs> it's not yeah. a great year for a lot of everything, reasons. Everything broke. I want to think about it ever again. Everything I'm broke. looking forward to 2024 but as we move forward i just wanted to sort of plug that article and and urge people to read reviews read reviews read user reviews Mm -hmm. uh because users will like you know real people will play games and will write what they think about them uh and like but that's the thing about metal torrents if you look at it it only has 10 actual like written reviews and most of them are negative uh Oh, all of the all of the positive reviews are not there's no writing to support them so like actually read what people write uh and then also read critic reviews because people get so mad about game scores but this is just your like every couple months reminder to read what people are actually saying about yep. games before you get mad about scores or whatever the score is honestly the least important part of a review it is it's it's the the point of a review like we give it a score because it's just it, i don't know it's been around in the industry forever like scores have just always been a thing but like like the way you're going to know if you actually are going to vibe with a game or not is based on the written portion and what the person that's playing it actually says about it. Because a game that somebody gives a 10 to may not be a 10 for you because it may have elements in the game that you just don't care for. And yep. the only way you're going to know about that is by reading the review. Yep. So I'm going to uh, say something that's extremely unpopular, yeah. at least among our industry. Oh, boy. Uh, I love scores and I read them first. I go always scroll to the score oh. and I'm going to tell you why. Go for it. I look at the score and I really think we should have the score at the top of the, the review and not the bottom. I read this. I look at the score. I say, oh, like t- Reb gave this a seven. And then I say, I wonder why that is. And mm-hmm. then I read the review mm-hmm. for the justification. I think, uh, so, I think unfortunately people would click on it, see the score and then click away immediately. Yep. And so, well, that's some people measure time on page as a metric they care about. Yeah. So, yeah. I do the same thing, Seth. I'm not going to lie. I actually do scroll down. I do the same exact thing. Cause people I, get mad. I see the score first Hell and then yeah. I, I read the justification because I want to see, I want to know like, I want to have in my brain, I'm like, like, where are they working towards the score from? What is building up to this score that they got? And like, there's another train of thought where you can be like, oh, let me read the article. And like, this is where my, my number is in my head now. I'm based on the review. This, like, this is the gist I get from reading it. Let's see where my, uh, my, my understanding of the review, this person's opinion falls yeah. with actually what is there but i like seeing it first for me personally yeah. as well that's I, I mean we can't because we're not i'm in the bathroom next door right yeah high five in here right now <laughs> that's how i write reviews actually i mean i don't know what other reviewers uh 
just kind of the oh, you start size. with a ten and then you take a point no, off. No, when something, you no, know. it's not like that. <laughs> that's I, a, by the way, that's what so many people think. Like know, you start yeah, at a no. ten and then you're like, oh, the, the graphics are bad, and you take a point. No, away. that's not at all. I, how it's not how it works. I play a game because because some people will ask me like while while I'm playing a game, they'll be like, oh, what are you thinking of scoring it? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. I write it. the review. I finish the game. I write the review, and then I I open. I have two monitors. I open up on one monitor in my review, and I read through what I just wrote, and then I open on the other monitor. Our scoring system and i'm like okay what because we, we have like we have a page on like, like ign this it's, it's, it's on a, ign like corp. yeah there's like yeah. some corporate page or whatever that or explains it like breaks down what each number means and mm -hmm. i'm like okay what what does this match with what did i just say yes. literally what is the thing in our scoring system that matches the thing that i said and then that's what i give yep. it and then dan stapleton or tom marks or whoever uh reads through it and basically does the same calculus like yep. Did, yep. is the thing that you wrote the same as the number you gave it or does it actually sound different and then if it, they think it sounds different they come to me and they say hey like uh i think this sounds like a little different and this is why yep. and they explain mm -hmm. and then i can either say oh i think i maybe didn't spend enough time talking about x or y and actually my score needs to yes. stay the same but yep. i need to say more about this or i say you know you know what i think you're right uh i really didn't like x y and z as much as i you know thought i might so yeah i think we do need to change the number but it's mm -hmm. like it's a collaborative effort of of thinking about what yeah, and it keeps you honest. the meanings that yep. we have given these numbers as a group, but then also what I have just personally said. Yep. Yeah. Like my score, right. you know, like take a, you know, like Pikmin four, that was my most recent review. Yeah. I played through the core story and then I was talking with Reb about it or whatnot um, at a delightful picnic we were at. Picnic. Um, picnic. And I was like, picnic. I was like, I'm feeling like this right now, but I still have a lot more to do. So I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not putting any stake in this number right now because I need to play more of it to see. Mm -hmm. And then once I finished all that content, I was like, oh, my God, my opinion completely changed now that I've done everything that yeah. I want to do in this game. And then I was able to render my final verdict on it, which ended up being the nine. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah. Nice. Reviews, yeah. numbers, read, read writing, and, and read, read my article read. about Metal Torrent. Please, everyone, go and do that. I'm going to do a real quick shout out of the week, and this is a, this is a new segment that we do just to be like positive because I want to shout something out. And this week, I'm going to shout out Seth G Macy. That's me because I have been on a tear on thrift shop and Facebook marketplace finds lately. I got uh, a compact Presario computer from like 1998 for free that works. It just needs a new hard drive. Um, I got a Kenwood R5000 ham shortwave radio receiver at Goodwill for $10. That's on eBay right now for $500. Not that I'm gonna sell it because I really like scanning the radio frequencies. Also, I went to the Salvation Army and I got this Dale Earnhardt Sr. telephone. Now, I don't have a landline, but I do like to pretend that I do. And it matches perfectly with uh, this other thrift shop find, which is the um, see-through uh, princess phone that I always wanted and was unable to have. So, yeah, that's my shout-out for this week. I'm sorry that it was so self-indulgent. Seth, no, but no, no. It's great. I love it. And, Seth, when the apocalypse happens and we need to find gadgets and, like, pieces yeah. of gear, your house is the first one I'm stopping at. It's like... Hell yeah, I got my oscilloscope back there at an estate sale for $15. Hell yeah. That's so good. I got the Kenwood receiver on there. My brother found on the dump. Anyway, we've got to get to question block. Greg Behe asks, what Mario power-up do you use to defeat your enemies in your head? Reb, what power-ups do you use to defeat your enemies in your head cannon? 
Uh, so like actual Mario power-ups. I'm not inventing Mario yes. power-ups. I mean, I guess you could. No, um, probably the cat suit, honestly. I think if I had the option yeah. of all Mario power-ups, uh, I would just want to be in the cat suit all the time. It looks very comfortable. Yeah. The little cat sounds. And also, it's, like, very good. Uh, I, Whenever mm -hmm. I play Mario games that have the cat suit in them, I try to be in the cat suit most of the time. So Nice. All right. Jada, what about you? What, are you, what Mario power-up are you using to defeat your enemies? Good question. Uh, it? it is a very good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to go with, uh, the good old, uh, the cape power cape, up. Cape is good. Good old cape power to up. To defeat your enemies. To defeat my enemies because I like to take the high road and so I fly above. Yeah, you don't even When, when people go low, I fly high and so I just, okay. I rise above. They can't catch you. Exactly. No? Hell yeah. I like that. So this cool little feather that puts a cape on your back and you go, exactly you know it hell yeah now my question is is there a power up in the mario franchise that just makes somebody your friend because do i not destroy my enemy by making him my friend you do you do that is and that is apocryphally that. uh attributed to abraham lincoln but we actually don't know who said that quote because i was looking it up <laughs> <laughs> before the the show because i wanted to give proper attribution um okay this is a really good one very video game centric. Samuel Vernon Weissy or Vicey asks, "What fast food chain has the best fries?" Ooh, um, I am gonna have to, on their best day, by default, like standard fry, not any type of special fry or anything like that. Mm -hmm. For fast right food, the, the fryer. I'm gonna go with Burger King. I think Burger King okay. gets my gets my award. Controversial, but I agree. Actually, um, the yeah. only other one that I say Burger King when it's at if we're talking at the top of their game, perfect crisp level, perfect yeah. salt level. Stars Burger King, are in alignment. Burger King wins on a more yeah. consistent basis, though. I go with Del Taco fries because oh, I love their what? crinkly fries, Dang, and okay. they do they are more consistent than Burger King is in my experience. Unfortunately, Del Taco does not exist. On the East Coast, mm. but I am familiar. I don't think I've ever even been. Del Taco's decent. Oh. You should check it mm -hmm. out. Their tacos are good, oh. and their fries are actually yep. really good too. Yeah. yeah, I actually forgot about Del Taco fries. Mm. So thank you for reminding. Yeah. Me. All right, Reb. It's on you. Uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a t I'm t a terrible person to answer this. I'm really not a fast food person. Um, my my cop out answer is uh, since I moved to the West Coast, I really do like getting uh, in and out animal style fries. I don't think the fries themselves Excellent. are like the best, but Correct. it's because they have yes. all the garbage on them. Yes, the um, the sauce what? and the cheese and the the caramelized yeah. onions. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sure. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Gonna, that's what, like if I yeah. If yeah that's my cop out answer. My actual answer for best fries is Arby's curly fries. Ooh, that is oh, a my. very good answer. I Legend. love me yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. Curly fries, yes. standalone. That, they don't really need anything nope, but a little tiny no. dabble of ketchup. Uh, real good. I don't even need ketchup with their Arby's curly. You know what the best is? Is when you get one that's like Soup. six inches of just yes. pure curl. Yeah. Actually, answer. sorry, I'm gonna throw a third one out there. Midwestern friends, uh, Freddy's frozen custard fries, really freaking good, and their fry sauce. Don't even know what it is. Yep. Thank you, yep. Midwest. You can only get them at a. You can only get at uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Please continue. I'm sorry. Right, they're super spooky. <laughs> they're they just <laughs> jump right out at you. When you least expect. It. Man, see now. Now I really want some fries like that. Yeah. I was going to say, and this is sort of the same thing, like when they're on the top of their game. 
uh, like Five Guys fries. I hate Five Guys fries. Go ahead, continue, please. No, no, no. Right. We'll hear you maybe out. Maybe things Go are ahead. different here on the East maybe, Coast. Maybe I hope maybe so. We, maybe we care a little bit more. I hope you do. Wow. I hope you do. On wow. the East Coast, I know how California is. <laughs> Dollar fries. Well, yeah, yeah. Not gonna argue. You're not gonna can't argue. Well, all right. I was gonna also agree. Like Burger King fries Ugh. are goaded, like mm-hmm. for sure. When they are done correctly, yes. When they're not soggy. There is a, a lot of vari- variation there, which is a bummer. And they also closed the Burger King in my town because. Mm. Nobody goes there. Um, <laughs> oh, look at the Burger King. He's that little girl's just uh, actually Gosh. that was Reb. Remember when uh, like a, a small fry was that big? <laughs> I know, and, like, right? That full. Now you get a small fry and it's like it's this tiny little tiny logo, yeah, paper bag. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. But when better we for us. We went to Quebec City in 2019. <laughs> one of the biggest things that I noticed was that the food portions there were ridiculously small. Like a small Pepsi was like. Uh, like six ounces of Pepsi, whereas here in the United States, a small Pepsi is seventy-eight ounces mm-hmm. uh, of, of of syrup. But um, Arby's also extremely delicious. Yeah, Curly fries maybe the best. Wendy's, I think. Uh, Wendy's was pretty good. good. Mm-hmm. Wendy's got some pretty good. I think, as a whole, and this wasn't the question. I think Wendy's fast food maybe the best of the fast food chains out there secret best mm. fast food chain what's your favorite jada fast food fast food wise yeah. oh man um one if you if you, you get one fast food place that you can just go to and get garbage when you're just having a day so this is i would not ever say this is my favorite but if i had to pick one it's mickey d's Oh, and fine. it's because Reasonable. I it's a it's a good staple. It's consistent most of the time. I love their sweet teas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I love getting just like a McDouble, like real simple something. It's like it's light enough yep. to where yeah. it's like, and it's like I was like I don't feel like I need to get a quarter pounder or a Big oh. Mac. I just like I can get a nice little small McDouble, a sweet tea, and maybe a small fry, and I'm good. Oh, um, look at and the, I'm good on the graphics day. if you're watching this. There's the fries. Oh, yeah. Up. So like they're like they're fries. It, yeah, those yeah. are good fries too. Um, Honorable mention, by the way, for fries, Popeyes. When Popeyes mm, fries are them. on, on oh, those are actually game. really good too. Yeah, they got the. They, yeah. I think Popeyes have the best seasoning for their fries, like oh, hands down. Sure. Like that's, yeah, that might actually be my favorite answer for fries, like for standard yeah. fries. Like I think their seasoning is top to notch. There's only like two Popeyes in the whole state of Maine. It's a huge bummer. There's only so there's only three drive. in the whole world. So you See, know, my- there's only three Popeyes <laughs> in the whole world. You know what's funny is uh, on military bases they have Popeyes, mm-hmm. like Popeyes and Burger King. That was my first experience huh. with Popeyes. What is this? He's dipping them in in the seasoning on the commercial from the '80s. But yeah. all right, look, I'm sorry. We we no, we, this we is great. Went a little off course there talking about fast food, and now I am so hungry. Like, we record this of... over lunch in Pacific time, so we like come in here at eleven to start recording, mm-hmm. and then we get out of here at like one one thirty, depending on how long we go. And so we're all real hungry at the end yep. of these. I don't know. Lunch I don't know what time. your situation is, Seth, but I had a piece of toast because <laughs> I was. Uh, we had a lot of meetings today. Uh... So I, like, oh, I better eat some. You know, hey, there's a shout. Shout out to rye bread. Makes a shout great... out to rye bread. It's a great piece of toast. Gotta love some rye bread. Okay. This is the last question, and we'll have to take care of this one rather quickly because mm-hmm. we are running out of time. But Jose Miguel Viota asks, with the recent addition of the Zelda Oracle games for Game Boy mm-hmm. on NSO, there's basically the whole library of main Zelda games on Switch. When do you think the launch of Twilight Princess and uh, Wind Waker HD is? And Jose's guess is it will be a combined launch with the new console. I am going to say that we're going to get it 
a few months before the new console launch because they're going to try and offload as many older switches by convincing people to buy that haven't bought a switch that want to play wind waker or twilight princess to buy a switch right beforehand to move through their leftover stock to play these amazing zelda titles so when we get i've been on record on this podcast multiple times as saying that i think the rumors about this collection existing in the first place are are baloney um i I did actually change my mind quietly about that recently, specifically because of you, Jada, because you pointed out the fact that basically every Zelda game is now available on the Switch, with a couple exceptions, these two being one of them. These two, the Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, and and Link Between Worlds. I hadn't thought about it in those... And Triforce Heroes, but nobody cares about that. I hadn't thought about it in those terms uh, yet. And when I thought about it, yeah, okay, so maybe there's, there's more. Than, there's more than we thought initially, but but, but the the big yes. ones, the ones that people really like, the big and ones, so the ones when that people I, want. When I thought about that, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they are aware of it. It's just it's it was a lot of rumors. It was a lot of smoke of a lot of people saying, oh, they're going to announce it in 2020, in 2021, mm-hmm. yep. in 2020. They've been saying it yep. forever. Yep. But Nintendo loves to hide stuff on the shelf. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess if these are indeed real. <sighs> They would just, you know, sort of have to do it soon, right? Because they, yep. they've clear the ru- the rumors, the reports are that this was made for the Switch. They're not going to mysteriously port it to the Switch. No. Uh, nope. So yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's got to be soon, right? Yeah. I, I'm sorry, this is I not think... a clear answer. This is just me sort no, of no, I, I will a little give, bit because I I'll think give a clear answer because this is probably we, real. we have to sorry. wrap up. But I'm going to say this is a this is a holiday game. This is coming out this <sighs> this year. This is coming out surprise this surprise so. Christmas. Yep, I think so. So anyway, that's all the time we have left for this week's NBC. Before we go, we have a few favorites to ask. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. It helps us spread the good NBC word, and we will be forever in your debt. And remember, NBC is the only podcast where you can... Get the thing! Get the theme! There's two eyes two in eyes there. In there. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.